Welcome to the Media Timeout Podcast. Let's be great. Let's be great. You're home for the sports content you want with the authenticity you need. Have some fun out here. You know, enjoy the journey of all this. We're trying to get 16 wins and going after a gold trophy. Where nothing is out of bounds. Now welcome your host, Jamal Tanner. Welcome to the 32nd edition or the 31st edition. Let me get this right. 31st edition of the MTO podcast. Uh, I'm here with my guy, Nick. We're going to talk a lot of football today. We're going to talk some NFL, do our NFC preview, our top five pass rushers, and then we're going to switch gears to college football because college football is back, baby. I'm super excited for that. So we're going to get into that real heavy, and then we're going to bring it home. But let's jump right in. Let's go ahead and go to the NFC preview. Um, We did the AFC preview last week. Let's jump right into it. I know you're a Cowboys fan, so let's go ahead and talk. NFC East. Who you got winning the NFC East, Nick? Um, in the East, man, this is this is a bad division. Uh, quite. Let's be for real. Uh, I like my Cowboys, of course, but with uh, they're off. You know, they have a good offense. Defense is not you know shaky to bad, or at least it was pretty terrible last year. I mean, let's be real. They fired the DC, had to go a different way. Um, but with Dad coming back. Uh, everybody on offense, Zeke supposedly in, you know, the best shape of his life. You know, if they say that, I never like the players say that. That's not usually a good side, quite honestly. To me, that means you're usually on the back end fading down when you say that. So that's not good. But, uh, you know, Zeke supposedly coming in in top-notch shape. Uh, Cooper's back. Uh, you have Gallup. You got CeeDee Lamb. You have tons of weapons, basically, on the offensive side. So uh, they should be straight there. Let's see if... Uh, you know, they've worked out their defensive problems and they're going to be a better defensive team this year because that's really going to be the question with them. They have to make stops to win games or they're just basically going to have to score 30 to 40 points a game to get dubs because their defense isn't going to be able to stop anybody. So then, you know, you go to Washington, who's probably going to end up being maybe the second best team or win this division along with the Cowboys. Uh, very good defense. They're basically the opposite of the Cowboys. Very good defense. Um, you don't have to worry about those guys. You're probably worrying about the other side of the ball on offense with, um, I shoot, I'm trying to think who's their quarter. Oh, I guess it's Fitzpatrick. I was thinking of, uh, who was it? Tyler Heineke. I think that got the playoff W's last year for them and kind of was playing QB at the end of the, or the back, uh, side of the season for the, uh, Washington football team. So I think it's pretty much going to be a toss up between those two teams, uh, the Cowboys and the football team. Pretty much who's going to have their ish more together, I think, and maybe stay out of the injuries. Let's see how Dak's elbow's doing, slash shoulder or whatever problem he's kind of had in the preseason that they've uh, held him out for most of that and even some practices, kind of holding him back to stay healthy. I don't see the Eagles doing much. I mean, they just traded for Gardner Minshew. Doesn't move the needle much for me. I can't uh, see him helping them or even honestly being a better fit than uh, Jalen Hurts at this moment. I don't, I don't see the point of that. But I mean, they didn't really give up much. I think it was like a sixth or seventh round pick. Nothing really much for that. That's just like, hey, here you go. You don't want him. We'll take him. Give him a look. So, I mean, that's what that is. And then. Crap, who's the other team? I can't even think. So it's somebody at the bottom. I slip in my mind at the moment. But uh, I think it's pretty much going to be between the Cowboys and, uh, oh, yeah, the Giants. I mean, this is, so I'll talk about the Giants for a quick second. I don't think they're going to make much of noise. But this is pretty much a put up or shut up year for Daniel Jones because, I mean, he's going to have Saquon coming back. 
he's got some decent weapons at tight end. Um, can't think of the dude's name that makes all the plays. Uh, I, he freaking makes a ton of plays against the Cowboys, and now I can't think of his name all of a sudden. But um, Daniel Jones has got to show uh, me, the Giants, everybody something, or they're going to be drafting a QB again because I haven't seen enough that says you hold on to this guy. So, I mean, he's probably got to get some Ws, at least show progress. They got to win some games that they maybe shouldn't win so he can show that he should be a QB in this league. Or it might be him and Dave Gettleman out the door because Gettleman, you know, kind of hitched his wagon to this dude and went up and got him when nobody was kind of clamoring for him. So. He's got to he's got to show everybody something this year. So I think that's pretty much my rundown for the NFC East. It's you know it's going to be either can the football team score points or can the Cowboys stop teams from scoring points. And whichever team I guess figures that out better is going to win this division. And uh, I guess we'll see who figures that out first. Yeah, I mean, I, to, in my mind, it's going to be a very even division. Like I. I honestly think the Giants have a little better chance to win this division than I think you're giving them credit for. Um, I agree with everything you said with respect to Daniel Jones. That's really who it comes down to. Uh, the Giants' defense actually played pretty solid last year. Um, it was really the offense and Daniel Jones um, that held them back. Part of that, we gave him a pass because Saquon wasn't there. He didn't have a true number one. Uh, not, neither of those things are true now because they got Kennedy Galladay in the offseason. They drafted Kadarius Toney. You already have Sterling Shepard. Slayton shows to be a good deep threat. Evan Ingram was the guy who you were trying to name uh, tight end. Uh, and then you got Saquon in the backfield. So that's, from a weapon standpoint, I mean, they're really kind of loaded. Like when you really think about uh, the Giants offense and the defense was pretty solid last year. It's not an amazing defense, but it's it's a solid defense. So when you look at that roster, it's going to be up to how good Daniel Jones is. And honestly, if he doesn't show it now, like you said, I think he's on his way out. And then you look at that draft class of QBs, I believe it was Locke, Jones, and Haskins. Locke has already got benched. Haskins isn't even on the same team. He's fighting for a roster spot in the Steelers. So if Daniel Jones ends up um, not playing well this year and, and not being that guy, that's just a terrible draft class for QBs, at least with respect to first-round QBs. So it'll be really interesting because I, I do think the Giants – and the Cowboys, to me, should be the front runners in this division. I just don't believe in Fitz Magic. Uh, usually, he's gonna get you, you know, have have a good record after five games. That's what Fitzpatrick does. So they'll be four and one, three and two, something like that, and then you know, come back to earth. His star runs out, and then and then you end up with like a nine and eight, eight and eight, seven and ten team, but. I mean, I guess if last year's any indication, that could be enough to win this division. But really, I think it's going to be the Cowboys or the Giants. I'm a lean Cowboys just because the team is so talented. But like they got to, at some point, have good luck and not get the injury bug and find a way to win games. Just because when you look at that offense, Dak is healthy. Um, you got Zeke, who obviously hasn't been playing very well, but he's still he's still Zeke, right? Like he didn't just forget how to play football. Uh, Amari, Gallup, Lamb, uh, even their tight end showed a lot of uh, promise in this past year. So, and their offensive line should be healthier now. A lot of guys got experience last year because of all the injuries. So, I just really think that they should be better uh, offensively, defensively. I think they can't help but be better because of how terrible they were last year. So, I think they should win the division. But if not, then I I really do have the Giants. 
the Eagles, they'd have to kind of put it all together in a short amount of time, and I'm not really sure that they're going to be able to do that. I'm really intrigued to watch Jalen Hurst to see um, what that looks like. I wasn't super high on him coming out of college um, from a translation to the pros, um, but I'm wondering if they take a page out of Baltimore's book and kind of meld their offense to more Jalen's strengths. Um, because I do think he can be successful, but you, he's not going to do it in a more traditional way. You're going to have to be more creative, look at some of the things he did in college, do what he's good at, because um, I do think he can work in the NFL. But I'm not sure if they're going to go that route. A lot of a lot of offensive coordinators and coaches are really, really believe in kind of doing it the traditional way. Um, if they want to stick to that, then I don't see how that works out very well for them. So either way, I don't think they win the division. I'm going to just go ahead and say Cowboys if I have to pick one. But I think the Giants could really surprise people this year. Moving on to the NFC South. Obviously, the Saints have run this division for a little while, but the Buccaneers got the championship last year. So who do you think wins that division? And how do you think that plays out? I mean, it's going to be the champs division, right? I mean, at least their division to lose. I honestly don't think... um anybody in that division made strides enough honestly to maybe catch up to the Buccaneers I mean they pretty much brought everybody back um from that championship squad you know Bruce Arians you know during the celebration pretty much was adamant about bringing everybody back they kind of held their word to that um you know the Bucks are going to be there all season you know they're everybody I mean you have the Saints that you know what we don't we don't know yet what they're going to be with Jameis Winston? You know them finally announcing that Jameis, which I kind of thought the whole time in my eyes is going to be Jameis. If you thought it was going to be Taysom Hill, I mean, I got questions about how you feel about quarterbacks. I mean, I know that's not your opinion, but other people who were high on Taysom Hill. Uh, let's see how the Saints' offense can look. I wish Michael Thomas was you know healthy, but uh, it's whatever. You know, Kamara's not. You know, this is going to be the first time where I think defenses can't really come up to the line on the Saints. They're going to have to actually play them straight up and for real. I mean, the last couple of seasons they really couldn't throw the deep ball, and then you pretty much knew if Taysom Hill was coming in the game that that was a gadget play. I mean, it could have maybe been a bomb because he can't throw the ball deep, but he can't throw it accurate. But now if you got Jameis who can't throw the ball deep and more accurate. That's going to, you know, let up on some defenses. I think, just, you know, Kamara could have a big year. I mean, I'm not sure how good the Saints are going to be, but this could be a big year for Kamara. He's still going to get those dump-off passes. He's still going to get his, you know, touches. And now with defenses having to play him a little bit more straight up and not, you know, crouched and everything closer to the line because they know passes aren't going as deep, you know, this could open up some things for him. So I'm not sure team-wise how good they'll be. I do think they will put up some points. I, I'm hoping Jameis is, you know, I'm hoping Sean Payton fix Jameis. I, I want to see Jameis thrive. I want to see Jameis do good things. I think he's a good QB. He obviously went number one for a reason. I mean, a lot of guys go number one to flame out, but, you know, Jameis is really talented. He was on that Florida State team that was really talented and won a national championship. He was really good in college, you know. And, you know, maybe it was just the eyes thing. I mean, how many times did we see that guy on the sidelines squinting to look at the score or whatever the hell was going on on the field? Like, your QB shouldn't be squinting all the time. Like, that's not a good thing. I want my QB to be able to see that squinting on the football field. So, hopefully he's gotten that fixed. Um, your Falcons, I don't know, you know, probably rebuild. They probably Honestly, they probably should have went the tank route maybe, gotten rid of Matt Ryan. 
seeing what they could have got for him. They already got rid of Julio. It's kind of going tank mode. Maybe get a QB, restart this bad boy. Uh, uh, so, uh, I mean, not much really say there. I'll let you go on the Falcons a little bit more. I'm interested in the Panthers, though. Uh, I think they could be a decent team. They should. Uh, they got weapons, man. Uh, let's see what Sam Darnold can do. They got Robbie Anderson. McCaffrey's coming back. He should be a... Uh, he should be ready and good to go. I mean, they could shock some. I mean, maybe they make the playoffs. I don't know. I haven't really, like, looked at everything quite yet in the NFC. But uh, the Panthers could be a solid team. They, sh- they should be good offensively. I-, I still think Sam Darnold can play. Uh, maybe with this offense, new OC, new, you know, actually some weapons around him. Not playing for the Jets. That usually kind of helps people for the most part. Uh, so... Maybe the Panthers shock some people and, you know, give the Bucks a run for their money in this division and maybe even make a wild card spot. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm pretty sure this is going to be the Bucks division. I don't think there's going to be a lot of drama there. Uh, the Saints will be a good team, mainly because their defense is very good. Uh, they've honestly, it's funny because that used to be a weakness for them. But in the last couple of years, they've shown that to be a strength. and They've done a really good job on the defensive end. Uh, like you said, I really do like Jameis. I think he's a good quarterback. He had a a bad season, you know, where he threw a ton of interceptions, but he's always been solid. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily great, um, but I think maybe playing with a team uh, that has a better defense, because when he was in Tampa, they never had a good defense, um, so he doesn't have to necessarily try to score as many points. Um, I think playing a year under Drew Brees can't hurt, can't hurt, and then Sean Payton is, you know, has a track record with quarterbacks, so I think all of that will definitely help him. From a talent around them standpoint though they're i mean with michael thomas we don't know what that situation looks like i'm assuming he's gonna come back at some point um callaway looks like he's coming on but outside of that they don't have a ton of receivers they let emmanuel sanders walk which i thought was a big deal so we'll see from a talent standpoint and, and who can step up and, and kind of become that second receiver when michael thomas comes back and then in the meantime be the number one receiver when when he's out because i know Traquan Smith has shown flashes. Nothing that if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm really scared of outside of Kamara. So we'll see what that looks like. But I think they'll be solid just because their defense is good enough to where they'll keep them in games for sure. Probably got them winning anywhere between 8 and 10 games. The Bucks are definitely going to win more than that. So I think they got the division pretty handily. With Carolina, I think really where we differ is I'm just not a big Sam Darnold guy. Um, he's probably not as bad as he looked in New York. I just I don't think that necessarily means he's good. Like there's a lot of people that for whatever reason feel like he's gonna be born again now that he's in Carolina and I'm just I just don't see it. Like I watched him play and like I said, it he definitely wasn't helped out by uh the weapons he had in New York, but I don't think it was just that. I mean we honestly Yeah, I'm we're just, I'm just gonna have to see that one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna believe that one until I see it. Like a lot of people point to Tannehill. Uh, I think that you can point to way more people who didn't work out than you can to Tannehill, so we'll just have to see it. He's definitely going to have the weapons. He's got, like you said, Christian McCaffrey. I like DJ Moore a lot. Uh, the, they just drafted Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith. They still have Robbie Anderson, so they got a lot of weapons out there. I'm just not convinced that Sam Darnold's good enough. Uh, and then the Falcons, yeah, I mean... It's going to be a rebuild year. I agree. I think they should have got rid of Matt Ryan. We'll just see what happens. I'm excited to watch Pitts play. 
I don't think the rebuild has to be that long, to be honest with you, because the way a lot of quarterbacks come in ready these days. So if we're trash like I expect us to be, um, you got Pitts, you got Ridley. I still like Hayden Hurst. Uh, Russell Gage has been coming on. You get a first-round pick, and you can get a Spencer Rattler. You can get a Sam Howell, uh, even a Dylan Gabriel that I really like that we'll see how he translates to the NFL. But you can get a first-round QB. And you're gonna, he's going to come in with weapons because I think Mike Davis is an underrated running back that we have. So it's definitely not going to be this year, but I don't think the rebuild is going to have to take that long because of the fact that the Falcons have a situation to where a lot of their weapons um, are young. So whenever a quarterback does get it here, he's going to have weapons that he can grow with. So they're not going to be good this year, but hopefully if we do this segment here in a year or two, uh, I'll have a little more optimism and a little more chance for them to be contenders, but damn sure ain't going to be this year. So to to, to wrap it up, it's, it's probably Tampa Bay's division pretty easily. All right, so I feel like we agree on the South. Uh, let's go ahead and move it up to the North. Uh, what's your opinion of how that division plays out? And just take me through all the teams and kind of where they're at currently. Yeah, um, Actually, it's probably going to be one of the divisions you can actually sweep through pretty quick just because of uh, really kind of how not good it is and how the best team in it is the Packers. And there's a big stretch between the Packers and probably the rest of these teams in this division. Um, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers back, who's finally returned after, you know, flirting with retirement, flirting with the Jeopardy job, flirting with basically everything besides, you know, his current job, the Green Bay Packers and all that. Um you know, they finally got him back under contract. Seems like it's pretty much a one-year deal, and it's, he's going to pretty much, I don't know, maybe see what his future holds. I don't know if it's football, maybe playing for another team, whatever he decides. Um, but, I mean, they're going to win that division. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC again. Uh, Rodgers, uh, Adams, Jones, they're a formidable, you know, big three. You know, they're a legit big three football style, I guess you could say. Uh so the Packers are going to win that division easy. I'm not going to spend much time on them just because uh, the rest of the teams aren't very good. And I'm just going to move on to kind of the current, you know, the rest of the teams. And mainly I'm going to talk about Minnesota because uh, I think it's, I think they got some figuring out to do. Like, what do you want to do with Kirk Cousins? Like, to me, Kirk Cousins, I guess, could be good enough to win you a Super Bowl. I mean, he's just as good as someone like Jimmy Garoppolo who made it to a football, I mean, made it to a Super Bowl. Now, granted... Jimmy Garoppolo was on a very good, you know, 49ers team that was primarily, you know, good on defense, had a lot of weapons, you know, had some weapons on offense. Kyle Shanahan, Donna plays. Um, but you can get, you know, to that level and have a chance to win the Super Bowl with that type of quarterback. Do I think the Minnesota Vikings are close? I do not. So, therefore, what do you do with Cousins? Like, I'm not paying him again. I think... You probably should have maybe before this year thought to see what you could maybe get for him just because I thought there were some teams out there that uh, maybe needed a quarterback uh, like a Kirk Cousins or maybe even say after this year, if maybe the Steelers, uh, Big Ben finally retires and they're not sold on Haskins and they're not in a level where they're going to have a high enough pick. Maybe, you know, the Steelers come a calling or you call the Steelers and say, hey, you know, we got a quarterback. You guys kind of probably need a quarterback. But uh, I'm just really interested to see what the Vikings do this year. I think they're just in one of those weird spots where they're not going to be, you know, that good, but they're not going to be that bad. So what do you really do? You don't want to be really stuck in the middle forever. So 
I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how this Viking season goes and what their future holds. Um, you have the Bears who are, you know, they have Andy Dalton playing at QB right now. Not sure how long that lasts. I'm guessing maybe a game or two. You're just going to throw him to the Wolves. Aaron Donald, let him eat all day. You don't want to really throw your first round quarterback to Aaron Donald and Fields. You kind of want to be like, you know, watch Andy Dalton take these hits there, fella. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Bears are definitely in rebuild mode, so I'm not going to put much on them, you know. They get their dubs where they get their dubs. And then uh, Alliance, the another team that's kind of in rebuild mode after the trade. Uh, Stafford to the Rams, you get golf in return. He's all right, QB. He's not, you know, he's not going to make your team all that better, especially if you ain't got no weapons. So the Lions are pretty much in the same, uh, same kind of position the Bears are, just with a little bit more seasons of a QB, but still need a lot of weapons on offense, defense. Uh, going to be some years before the well, I mean, the Lions ain't really kind of been relevant in a while anyway. Had a few playoff appearances where they didn't get wins. So, you know, Green Bay's division, um, put up, shut up, year another one for a QB slash team with the Vikings and then the other two teams in the division are, you know, rebuilding. Let's see what they can do in the next couple of years. Yeah, there's not much intrigue with respect to who's going to win the division. This is the Packers division. Um, there is some intrigue, like you said, with the other teams as far as like where they go from here. Um, the only team that I think has a real clear vision, per se, is the Bears. So obviously, um, they're going to switch over to Fields after they let uh, Andy Dalton kind of jump on the grenade for, for Fields in the first couple of weeks. He's going to get shrapnel all through his chest so that Fields doesn't have to get it. So uh, after that, you kind of know what's going to happen with that team. It's going to be Fields' team. Uh, Montgomery's relatively young. They just signed Robinson. So they have a little core. Their defense is pretty solid. You can see kind of the direction they're going. Um, hell, when you look at the future for all the teams, even Green Bay included, like we don't really know what that looks like past this year besides the Bears is the only one. So if you look at Detroit, I'm not really sure what they're doing. If they, I guess Goff is relatively young. So if they're going to build around Goff, then I, I mean, more power to you. I'm not really sure that's the way I would go. Um, but they just let go of Galladay. Um, I know they they got Amran Amon Ross St. Brown. I really like him as a receiver. Um, TJ Hawkinson's a good receiver. DeAndre Swift is a running back that I love. But they keep adding to that backfield. Like they went and got Jamal Williams. Um, and then I, they had one more running back that they signed. Like they're just making a lot of moves that I'm not really sure why they're doing them. Um, so they're kind of trying to figure it out. Uh, the Vikings. To me, if they they should be in the Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, really. Like maybe not this year, but next year if it's still available. Because you put Deshaun Watson on that team from an offensive standpoint, that's deadly. Because you got my mind, if not the best running back in the league, then he's top three with Dalvin Cook. We saw what Jefferson could do uh, last year. We know what Adam Thielen can do. Uh, one of my breakout candidates for this year is Irv Smith at tight end because. He was kind of the second tight end with Kyle Rudolph, but Kyle Rudolph isn't there anymore. Uh, I think he's in, with the Giants now. So they have a lot of weapons that, I mean, they're ready on offense. Defensively, they've kind of taken a really large tumble. I'm not really sure what happened because they used to be formidable defensively. They still have one of the best pass rushers in uh, Daniel Hunter. Um, but for whatever reason, they just can't stop anybody anymore. So they got some patching up to do on the defensive end. But they got a guy like Aaron Rodgers for if they want to just kind of go for it for a year or two or Deshaun Watson, if they want to go for the extended future, that's a team that all of a sudden gets really dangerous really quick. Cause when you look at Kirk cousins, like, yeah, he puts up pretty solid numbers, but no one really thinks he's 
that guy, you know, like we were kind of just talking about, um, why can't Sam Darnold? Like to me, that's Kirk Cousins. I think that's kind of if you give him talent, he's gonna put up solid numbers. But he's not fooling anybody into thinking that, like, he's the franchise QB that's just irreplaceable. Like he ain't that guy. And that's kind of where Kirk Cousins is. So it'll be interesting what what their moves are. Um, I mean, hell, they can't even get that locker room together with, uh, with the whole COVID situation. Like that that thing's a mess just in that. So. They can't even figure out how they get to tomorrow, let alone what they're going to do next year. So it's really interesting to see because, like I said, obviously the Packers win this division pretty handedly. Um, but outside of the Bears, like I think this division could look really different really quickly because the future for each one of these teams is kind of up in the air. They don't really have a clear direction. So for me, I think watching this division in particular is kind of seeing – maybe some glimpses of what that future is going to look like, whether they make moves in the trade deadline. Um, most of it you're going to see in the offseason next year, but that's kind of what I'm looking for in this division is to try to see if these teams get a sem- semblance of direction because uh, we know from on the football field in, in this season, it's the Packers and that's it really. So that's kind of my whole rundown with that is seeing what direction these teams go. So whereas when we do this breakdown next year, I feel like the outlook is going to be very different, and I think that's what makes this division an interesting one to, to watch. So let's go ahead and transition over to the best division in the NFC, possibly the best division in football. I would say, actually, I would say pretty handily the best division in football, and that's the NFC West. Um, it honestly is probably harder for me to choose who's last <laughs> than it is to choose who wins because like, somebody's got to come last in this division, and I just don't really know who that's going to be because each team... I could see E being a playoff team, and they can't all make it. So I'm going to let you go first because let you go first on all the other ones. Um, who do you got winning the NFC West? And, hell, who do you have losing the NFC West? Like, who do you have coming in last? Like, let's ask that question for this division. All right. So it's probably going to get me in trouble. People are probably going to be like, really? But I think it's going to be the team I watched last night coming in last. I think it's going to be the Seahawks. Like, I'm, I'm really just – I'm not that impressed with the defense. I'm not like the offense still looks like the same vanilla offense. Like nothing looks new. Everything looks the same. Like every time I watch the Seahawks, like I feel like I know the same five plays they're going to run. Like they don't deviate from like five plays. Everything looks the same. Like even when you're watching the backups and like Gino or uh, whoever was 13, like McMahon or something, I couldn't even read the back of his jersey. Whoever he was, he wasn't good. Every play looks the same. Like, it, like nothing's pushed downfield. I mean, I know Decaf and Lockyer weren't playing, but like everything, like it, it's it's either a bomb or it's short, and everything with the backups was short. But like to me, their play calling still just doesn't look like progress. Like it doesn't look like an NFL. It looks like a high school offense, quite honestly. Like when they play, and I just don't like the creativity. I don't think the defense is going to be honestly that good. And like you said, they're in a stacked division where I think everybody's going to have a pretty good to great offense. Um, I think you're going to see, I mean, every team you're going to see in this division is going to have pretty much a complex playbook and is going to put up points. So can you put up points and can you stop? And I just don't know if Seattle can do a little bit of both with their consistencies on both sides of the ball. So I'm going to have Seattle coming in last in this division, quite honestly. and then. I'm going to go to my winner, which 
man, it might surprise some people, but or maybe not, but I'm going to go with San Francisco. I just think they're the best team in this division, quite honestly. I think they're the best team, and I think they have the best play caller in Shanahan who just mixes things up so well. Like, I know, I know how you, you're kind of – you have your opinions on Shanahan, and rightfully so. But uh, I just think he's one of the best play callers slash designers in the NFL, and now him kind of getting a guy that fits in perfectly with his system in Trey Lance who I think will take over the job sooner than later, maybe midseason. I mean – Honestly, I think quite. I think in the back of their heads, a lot of people are just hoping Jimmy G gets hurt so they can make this a little bit easier and and throw Lance in there, like not hurt badly, but you know, like something to miss a couple weeks. Lance plays good, and then sorry, Jimmy, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> so I think that's kind of what they're rooting for, so they can take that next step. Because I like Trey Lance a lot, man. I, I like what the kid brings, the mobility, the arm strength. Looks like a smart kid. His decision making, I think it's you know perfect fit for the Niners. So I like the Niners uh, winning that division. And then, which leaves you left with two teams in the Cardinals and the Rams. And I think they're pretty much dead even. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, I like the Cardinals. I think Cliff Kingsbury seems like they're kind of progressing. You know, they're getting better year and year. They probably should have made the playoffs last year. Didn't. But they were getting, you know, better than the year before. So I I think they're going to make that next step. Uh, Hopkins getting the full training cap, being there, uh, getting on a better, uh, better connection with Murray. They're just, you know they're shoring up that defense, getting more and more people on that side of the ball. Um, I'm I'm looking for the Cardinals to make that uh, big step this year, and they should make the playoffs. They sh- hopefully won't lose those games that they lost last year, those close ones, turn those ones in uh, those L's into W's, and then make the playoffs. And then the Rams. I, I mean, they make that trade, but. I just, it's not moving the needle that much for me. Like Matt Stafford isn't, I've never been that high on Matt Stafford. I think he's a good QB. I don't think he's a great QB or, I mean, he, I'm not putting him in the hall of fame. I mean, if you guys want to, sure. If you want to crown him, crown him. But to me, he's got a lot of empty stats on a bad team that didn't win any games, no playoff games, playoffs, I think three times maybe. Uh, so to me, I don't see the Rams being that much better just because they have Matt Stafford over Goff. I know a lot of people like to bag on Goff, but, you know, he is a good, a good enough QB, obviously, that got you to a Super Bowl, along, like, like I said, like a Jimmy Garoppolo type. So I just don't think getting Stafford makes the Rams that much better. And I think they're just going to be maybe – I think they're going to be okay still. And So I got, um, got the Seahawks last, I guess, and then the Rams, Cardinals – and the Niners win in this division. Man, you said all that, and I was hoping you would clear things up for me, but I'm still, I, I don't know. I really don't know the answer. I think my first thought really is kind of the Rams winning the division, and it has less to do with Stafford and more to do with, I think, when you have possibly the two best defensive players in the league on your team. I think that really helps you. The, my reservation with that is, I said before the offseason, well, I guess as soon as the offseason began, that they need to get either more explosive or bigger at the wide receiver position. So they did kind of get more explosive. I mean, they did get Deshaun Jackson. My big thing with Deshaun Jackson is he's never on the field. So I don't know if you got more explosive if he's on the sideline. I don't know if that helps you. Uh, they did also draft, ooh, I can't think of his name. I'm looking at his face, Atwell, Tutu Atwell, um, who's definitely like a the definition of explosion. Uh, so if they can utilize him, uh, hopefully they do a better job with him than they did with uh, Trayvon Austin or Tavon Austin, excuse me. 
because he has that kind of ability. So they need to find a way to utilize him. But again, he's small. So you look at Robert Woods, he's he's a smaller guy. You look at Cooper Cup, he's a smaller guy. I felt like they needed to get bigger at receiver. I thought AJ Green would have been a hell of a move for them. He actually ended up in the same division with, with uh, the Cardinals. So that's my biggest reservation for them is that they have to kind of play perfect because they don't have a lot of splash plays. That takes a hit as well with uh, Cam Akers getting hurt because he was the guy that was kind of giving them a little bit of splash plays. So they really have to kind of – it's all intermediate to short passing game. And without having, you know, 50, 60-yard plays, it's kind of hard to sustain that because all it takes is a holding call, and now you're first and 20, and then and then you're punting. So that's my concern. I do think Stafford's a, a – it's an upgrade for sure. I think it's an upgrade that matters. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. But um, outside of Van Jefferson really taking a really big step for them because he's a uh, receiver they drafted last year, um, if he takes a big step because he is a big receiver, then I'll be a lot more optimistic with that and a lot more um, confident in the pick of the Rams. Um, but right now, like that's who I want to say, but I'm not convinced. I look at the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan's a great play caller. I think he chokes in the, in the Super Bowl, specifically second half of Super Bowls, um, because he just doesn't. It's not the same. If you watch him in the second half of both Super Bowls he's been in, uh, it's just not the same kind of play calling. So that's my big thing is. But I mean, we're talking about winning the division and Super Bowls well after that. So uh, he's gonna do a really good job of, as far as getting his people in, in spots that that show to their kind of like their their talent and their. Uh, what they're best at. Uh, I don't know why that was so hard for me to say, but I got it out. It's out there. Um, so he's, he's going to put people in a, in a position to win. Um, Trey Lance, like I said, I'm not, I was never super big on Trey Lance, but if there was ever an offensive coordinator that's going to accentuate your talents, um, that's, that that's, he's in the right place to do that. So I think that's really, it's really going to depend on their health because that team kind of falls apart. They get, they get hurt. And it's not just like one or two people. It's like that whole damn roster. They got a whole bunch of Deshaun Jacksons on that team. Uh, so that's my concern with putting them as number one is because I can't trust Mostert to stay healthy, Nick Bosa to stay healthy, uh, Debo Samuel's always hurt, Garoppolo's always – you know what I mean? So, like, there's just so many players on the team that get hurt so much that it's really hard for me to just decide, okay, this is the year where they all stay healthy. Like, I haven't seen that, so that concerns me. But from a talent standpoint, they could definitely win this division. Um, I think the two teams that I don't think are going to win the division are the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Um, I think the Cardinals have a lot of talent. But for whatever reason, I'm just not sold on Kingsbury. Like, I'm not sure he's really the guy that's going to get them there. Um, I do like the makeup of that team a lot, specifically offensively. I think there's weapons all over the place. They just have bad losses, and they beat themselves sometimes, and that concerns me in a division that's going to be this competitive. And I kind of agree with everything you said with the Seahawks, so I'm not really keen on them winning the division uh with all that said i went through all the teams i haven't picked anything so let me go ahead and uh just take a leap and, and, and make some picks i'm going to say the rams win the division and i'm going to say the seahawks coming last because i think they they kind of rely too much on russell wilson to just be a magician and make things happen and I just don't think you can rely on that. Like, honestly, they need to run the ball more because I think Chris Carson's an underrated running back. I think they probably should give him the ball closer to 20, 25 times a game. Again, he's another guy that does seem to get nicked up. 
So that could be part of it. But, I mean, honestly, somebody's got to come in last. It's not that I think the Seahawks are a bad team. I think they'll still probably have a either 500 to – well, I guess you can't have 500 anymore, the 17 games. But I think they'll be somewhere around 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. But in this division, that could very well put you in last because of how good that division is. So I'm just going to roll with the Rams. I think their defense is going to carry them a lot. Uh, we'll see if Sony Michelle still has something in the tires because they just traded for him. I like D'Angelo Henderson. So um, I do think they have a lot of talent. I just, I think from a niche standpoint, I don't like the fact that they don't have a lot of explosion. And I don't like the fact that they don't have a really a proven big receiver. Like I said, Van Jefferson could very well be that guy. Um, but one way or the other, I think from a defensive standpoint, they find a way to to win this division in a very competitive division. So that's where I'm at. I, I know I hedged for a long time, but eventually I made a pick. I got Rams in first and Seahawks in last in that division. All right, so that's our rundown for the divisions. Uh, one thing that we'll do before we move on, um, who do you think will be the wild cards out of out of this out of the NFC? So I'll go first, actually. I'll put San Francisco at the wild card. Um, because I do think they're a really talented team. Um, I'll probably stay in the same division and just put the Cardinals as the other wild card because I'm not super sure about the Saints. I think they got a lot of stuff going on to get right. I don't see anybody out of the East getting a wild card spot, and I don't see anybody out of the North getting a wild card spot. So really, to me, it's going to be between the Saints and the rest of the West. So I'll say. Yeah, I'll say Cardinals and Niners in my for my wild card. What what are you thinking? Uh, same division, different team. I'm gonna go um, Cardinals, and then I'm gonna go with Saints too. I I kind of like the Saints. I don't know why. I feel like they got some winnable games. I mean, besides Tampa, pair you know other games in their division are very winnable. I think you know NFC isn't very strong division. I don't know uh, off the top of my head what. Uh, division they play besides theirs this year on in the NFC side, but none of them are strong division. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Saints and Cardinals. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, like I said, the Saints have a really good defense. So anytime you have a good defense, you stay in games and all it takes is a couple breaks your way and you in the playoffs. So uh, I don't like the Saints, so I hope you're wrong, but it's a very uh, realistic possibility. So we'll we'll see what happens. So uh, let's switch gears. Let's go to our top five this week. Let's go with top five pass rushers. Uh, so this is basically anybody that you consider primarily rushing the passer. Um, I'll start on this. I'm going to go five to one. My number five is Joey Bosa. I think the guy's a stud. Uh, he's another guy who his main thing is whether or not he can stay healthy. Um, but from a defensive end standpoint, he's got everything you want. He can speed rush. He can bull rush. He's got moves he's got counters he's got everything you're looking for um he gets to the quarterback he used to pair really well with melvin ingram who i don't think is there anymore but i think he's one of those guys that's able to get to the rusher whether you're chipping or helping or whatever it doesn't really matter he's going to find a way uh, to sack the quarterback uh, he's just that good um at number four i got khalil mack uh, he's a guy whose sack numbers have been down but if you like watch a bears game like he's all in the backfield all the time so uh, I know sacks is kind of the thing that we that we pay attention to the most, but my guy is, is still dominant even without the sacks. They they basically roll everything away from him. That's a guy that they, they don't just chip. They 
double team Khalil Mack. It's not just like a, a chip and then go out there. So uh, he still is just as dominant. Um, he would really need like a guy on the other side to be very good in order for him to get the sack numbers. But sack numbers are not. He still has a really big impact on the game. He's still a guy that defense, that offensive coordinators game plan around, try to figure out how they're going to stop because he can wreck your whole game plan if, if, if you're not accounting for him. So that's where I'm at with Khalil Mack. I'll put him at four. At three, I put Miles Garrett. Uh, same kind of thing. The dude's a freak athlete. He's, what, like 270, 280, but he moves the way he moves. Again, he has the whole package. Uh, he's explosive. With Clowney on the other side, I think you, you will see him. It's either going to be you're going to see his numbers explode or you're going to see Clowney have a career year from a sack standpoint because Clowney really has never been a guy that's got a ton of sacks. He's better against the run. But Miles Garrett is pretty much, if you're going to build a de- defensive end, like create a player type, you'd probably end up with someone that looks very similar to Miles Garrett. So that's who I got at number three. Number two, I got TJ Watt. Um, the guy's incredible. Uh, I know he really wanted defensive player of the year, and he was very uh, outspoken about that. And he had a really good case because he's a very good player. He's doing a lot of great things for that defense. Um, to me, he's probably the best pass rusher. He's got a really good blend of skills. He's relentless. His motor never stops. Um, like I say, he's another guy that, whether it's a speed rush, bull rush, count like he's got all of that in this package. Um, but I think his motor is kind of what sets him sets him apart just because, I mean, the guy just never quits on the play. So that's why I got him at number two. Uh, number one, it's pretty easy for me, Aaron Donald. I think he's the best player in football. So that puts you at number one. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter how we're talking. If Aaron Donald is in the conversation, then he's going to be number one on my list. Um, the guy gets triple teamed, double teamed, you name it. Uh, to get double-digit sacks under those circumstances is hard enough. Doing it at the defensive tackle position is unheard of. Like the guy is first battle hall of fame. Off the top of my head, I'm probably forgetting somebody, but he's the best defensive tackle that I've ever seen play. Uh, I'm sure some old head somewhere is going to tell me somebody I'm not thinking of. Um, we can just agree to disagree. Aaron Donald's a special player, and that's why he's number one on my list. I mean, my list is pretty much going to look like your list. It's going to be real quick because you already pretty much went over what they can do. Uh, it's funny. Uh, at number five, I just put pick a Bosa which I'm guessing just meant one of the Bosa brothers. So uh, you kind of picked one for me. I'm going to go with the Bosa you picked. They're both good pass rushers. Uh, he runs in the family, I guess. So uh, you went over what you know he can do, so I'm going to let that go. Uh, you explained it. Four is Mac, like you said. He's, like, I watch Bear game. I watch you know, Bears games. They come on TV. The deal, dude's still getting double and triple team, like, and he's a beast. He, like... I never forget, like, you know, his highlights are basically, like, pushing offensive linemen out of the way with, like, one hand. Like, you shouldn't be able to do that. Like, offensive linemen are 300-pound dudes who are very strong in their own right. Like, it's crazy what he can do. So, uh, I got Mac at a four. I I blanked out for a quick second. So, I'm, I don't know if we had the same person at three, but I got Miles Garrett. I really like Miles Garrett. Um, I think he's an elite pass rusher. I think he's going to maybe hopefully be a little bit better with uh, – I think they, uh, I think they added uh, Jadavion Clowney. Um, hopefully, he's still got something in the tank. Hopefully, he can maybe get some pressure off of Miles Garrett so he can bring his game to another level. I just really like the guy's motor. Uh, 
he's kind of like a TJ Watt with the motor type factor. He's kind of feels like he's always going, 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 never really gets tired. And then same as you, man, at number two, TJ Watt, man. Dude's a beast, monster all over the field, does a little bit of everything, gets to the quarterback, can get some interceptions, fumble. Like, I mean, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about his brother in his own right, his brother who was a very great defensive end, great player. But TJ Watt's making his, a name for his own damn self at this point, man. Like, you know, any you know, when he started talking about TJ, you know, not his brother, you know, his brother first to him, like the man can play, so let's put some respect on his name. I got him at number two. Number one, same old, same old Aaron Donald. The guy's a freaking beast, Godzilla, King Kong, whatever you want to put on him. He's just crazy. The dude trains with knives. I mean, anybody who trains with knives is a crazy person. Like you don't go against crazy. So Aaron Donald for me is still number one um, top pass rusher in the league. Don't want to face him. Don't want to game plan against him. Basically the reason why Andy Dalton's going out here and playing week one, because the bears don't want fields to have to deal with that. So it's Aaron Donald for me. All right. So I can't wait to talk about it anymore. College football is back. I'm super excited. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a little preview um, we've already seen some games in week zero, which is weird to me that they call it week zero. I don't know why it can't just be week one, but whatever. Um, we've seen some games. They weren't even like the high tier games, but it was still exciting to see it. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and review each conference, kind of pick our winners, uh, how we think that's going to shake out. Real high level. Uh, we did every team in the NFL teams, but there's a lot more teams in in college conferences so we're going to kind of pick the top two or three and, and, and pick a winner there um let's start out west and head east so let's go with your favorite conference nick um who do you got winning the pac-12 um well as you said before this is by far my favorite conference i am a pac-12 lover i mean you know just kidding folks well i mean i'm all i'm all on the coast right now you know i'm kind of like i'm in that washington territory you know i got a university of washington down the road from me in seattle but uh, they not winning it. Uh, so I'm gonna go with USC. I think USC is gonna have a nice little team. I think it won't. I think it'll probably end up being like maybe a one or two team race unless uh, Chip Kelly down in UCLA gets it together this year. It seems like this is kind of like his uh, make or break year, which is really crazy to think like how far Chip Kelly has fallen. Like how he had Oregon rocking and rolling, and then went to the Eagles, and they were. I mean, they were okay until they kind of weren't okay. And it's just kind of crazy how like. He's how just what he is now. Like Oregon was good, man. Like he was getting mad recruits out of California. They had a nice little system, an offense going, and I just don't get how he, at least on the college level, how he can't get back to that. I can see how that maybe you know that doesn't work out on the NFL level, and you got to go back to college or whatever. But I don't see how yet it's not working with him being back. But maybe though know, this year he's kind of got the players that he wants. This system installed, you know, he likes to do the juice stuff and a lot of running and quick tempo and yada, yada, yada. So maybe he has that finally worked out with US, uh, UCLA. So, you know, maybe they come in and make a late season push or, you know, just a push off the top. They look, you know, they look semi good in their first game the other, uh, a couple of days ago. So I'm really interested to see uh, how UCLA looks this year. But uh, I think I'm going to go with USC winning division. Maybe a close tight race also with Oregon. So uh, I'm going to pick USC, uh, but man, maybe I'll say UCLA as a dark horse just because I do believe Chip Kelly is a good coach, at least good offensively. And 
He's I, <clears throat> it's star. I just think he's too good of a coach not to get it figured out. So I think he does get it figured out, and I think UCLA is a way better team this year. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting, and I know we'll talk about um, this guy a little later, but it kind of reminds me of uh, Jim Harbaugh, the way he had that thing rolling in Stanford. He went the NFL route. It was working out for a while before it stopped working out. And then he goes back to college, and we just assume, you know, at Michigan, he's going to do the same thing he was doing at Stanford, and it just hasn't worked out that way. So, like, I look at Chip Kelly, and I look at Jim Harbaugh, and they kind of had a very similar path, even though obviously Jim Harbaugh had way more success at the NFL level than Chip Kelly did. Um, but you would, when they both went back to college, we kind of just assumed, okay, this is going to work out and they're going to do what they've been doing, but that isn't how it played out. But um, back to the Pac-12 and, and my pick there, um, I'm pretty torn between USC and Oregon. Um, USC has a lot of talent. Uh, they just seem like they always get in their own way. And that's what really scares me about USC is I feel like they always lose a game they shouldn't. I don't, I'm not a big believer in Clay Helton. Uh, with Oregon, I really like their whole roster. I'm not 100% convinced Anthony Brown is the guy. Um, he used to play at Boston College, and I'm an ACC. Obviously, as a Virginia Tech fan, I watch a lot of ACC. It was young in Anthony Brown's career, but you saw a lot of flashes, but you didn't see that consistency. I'm not sure how much that's changed now. So that's really going to be the the difference for Oregon is if Anthony Brown has found that consistency because he definitely has the talent. If he's a consistent quarterback and kind of gives them like, you know, that uh, Dennis Dixon type, uh, then I think they, they win the Pac-12 pretty handedly. But I'm not convinced that he's that dude. So I, I kind of waffle between the two. I'm going to stop hedging. I'm just going to pick Oregon. Uh, just because I like the rest of that roster a lot. I like their defense better than I like USC's defense. On paper, USC's defense is always good, but they never stop anybody, uh, and that concerns me. So uh, I'm going to go with Oregon. I do agree with you that UCLA could definitely be a dark horse. I did like the way they looked. I mean, it was Hawaii, but still, I did like the way they looked against Hawaii. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Oregon, and that's what I'm going to stick with. So, All right, so let's go to your actual favorite conference, or at least between now and 2025 anyway, uh, the Big 12. Uh, obviously, your boys in Texas are there. Uh, who you got winning that conference? Uh, well, I'm going to OU this year. I, I just believe they're going to be the best team in the conference. I have no faith in Texas. I have no faith in Steve, uh, you know, Sarkeesian. I have no faith uh, in the players so far. Like, they have nothing to give me faith over the last couple of years. It's just a bunch of, I don't know, four five-star underachievers that get to Texas. So until they actually show me something, I'm not going to pick this team to win the conference. I'm going to pick OU. And uh, unless Iowa State makes a run, which I've seen them rank, you know, pretty high in a couple of polls, uh, I don't quite frankly know, the, you know, the team they're running with. But uh, they tend to make a run at the Big 12 title every couple, you know, 10 to 15 years. So, you know, maybe this is their time to make that run. But uh, I'm going to stick with OU. Spencer Rattler is probably going to be a high NFL pick here soon. Uh, it's Good QB, makes some mistakes time to time, but I think he's, you know, he was still young, still learning. So I, I get to see him having a big jump this year, probably, you know, throwing his name in that Heisman race. So I got OU winning the Big 12 probably pretty easily. Maybe losing, dropping a game to somebody they probably shouldn't lose to, but it's college football that happens. But it's probably the Sooners again, as usual. Yeah, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm gonna agree with that. So my big thing with Texas is. At any given time, like you said, it's a bunch of four- and five-star 
the recruits. So in any given year, if they just start, you know, playing to their ranking, then they can be they can be that team because the talent's not an issue. Uh, to your point, I'm not really sure Steve Sarkeesian is who I think is going to be the answer. I already don't agree with who we starting at QB, so I'm already kind of not sure on that. So I got OU. I do think Iowa State is going to be a really tough challenge. They brought a lot of people back that, frankly, I think should have went pro. Uh, Brock Purdy is a pro at quarterback. He's probably not a high pick, but he's definitely a pro at quarterback. Uh, they have one of the best tight ends in the nation in Charlie Kohler. Uh, Brees Hall, who's somebody who wasn't eligible to go to the draft, so they were lucky in that way. Um, he's probably the best running back in the nation. Um, he's he's going to be on that Heisman watch as well. They bring a lot back on their defense. I know Mike Rose is back. Um, so that's a team that's going to be a really experienced team. Uh, you know, there's always that, that one team in the playoffs that's just like all, a bunch of seniors and juniors. Uh, this is, like you said, if this Iowa State's going to do it, this is going to be the year. I'm still going to lean OU just because I feel like there's way too much talent on that team. Uh, but I could definitely see Iowa State uh, beating them head to head and then just holding on to the conference that way. So um, I would say Texas has a dark horse. Iowa State is the main challenger, but I still got OU. One thing I do want to say about Texas while we're talking about it is even if you don't think they're going to win the conference, and so you're listening to this and you're like, I don't see no reason to watch the Texas games, you got to tune in to watch the dude John Robinson because that dude is must see TV. Honestly, from a talent standpoint, I know I just said Brees Hall is probably the best running back in the country, but from a talent alone standpoint, it's probably Bashan Robinson. Like Brees Hall has the resume; he's do- he's done it since his freshman year. I'm not going to take his title away, but from a pure talent standpoint, when you watch Bashan Robinson run, you're like, "Whoa, this is different!" Like the first run I saw him do at Texas, I was like, "League!" Like immediately, <laughs> I was like, "He's going to be in the league just whenever he's allowed to be in the league." Like he's going to be here for three years. Texas might as well run him. All they can, because there's no point in saving them. He gone as soon as he's eligible to go pro. So make sure that you guys tune in to watch Bijan Robinson if you like running back play. Because telling you, man, he's he's a can't miss prospect. The only thing that can hurt him is literally him getting hurt. So if he stays healthy. He's gonna be a top one to two round pick because that dude's nasty. But back to the conference itself, I got OU winning that conference with Iowa State making a strong surge and. And being a really good competitor in this conference, I do think um, it's a two-team race. But I got OU. So let's go up north. Let's go to the Big Ten. I think this one's pretty easy, but I'm gonna let you tell me who you got. Uh, another conference. You don't need to spend much time here. This is Ohio State, the Ohio State, as they like to say. Um, not a big believer in Michigan. You know, I'm not going. I'm not. I feel like every year you're just like, it's their year. It's Michigan, right? They're going to get Ohio State. Like, this is Harbaugh's finally going to get it figured out. No, nah, they still probably ain't got it figured out. I'm not going with that. I'm not getting duped. I'm not getting tricked, hoodwinked, none of that. So, uh, man, I'm just going to keep with Ohio State. Nice, clean, simple. They're going to win this conference per usual. Um, I don't, I mean, maybe they got somebody challenging this year. I can't think off the top of my head right now. Maybe Michigan State, you know, they, they tend to be good, you know, every couple, whatever years. Throw the, you know, but I don't know if Michigan State's the answer. I just think, you know, the Ohio State's going to keep it rolling, man. They're just, they're a really good football program. I mean, you know, school. And, you know, they tend, they run that conference pretty much right now, especially. So it's, it's Ohio State for me. I don't know where you're going to go, but I have a feeling you're probably going to, you know, probably going to agree on this one. Yeah, it's definitely Ohio State. It's not really that close. 
Um, this is going to remind me of like, you know, like when the Spurs, you know, New England, uh, the Atlanta Braves for a while where they just kind of win that conference division every year. It seems like that kind of thing. Like when you look at the talent on that team, I know they lost uh, fields, which is a big deal. I'm not going to you can't understate that um, or you can't overstate that. Excuse me. Um, but CJ Stroud's a really talented guy. And then when you look at the receivers that he's playing with, because Again, Chris Olave, somebody who I thought should have went pro, he decided to stay. Garrett Wilson couldn't go pro. He's a very good receiver. And then they had uh, Julian Fleming showed promise. Uh, there's another receiver. I know his name. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, so I'm, if you're an Ohio State fan, you know who I'm talking about. He also light skins. It's like, it's like the land of light skin receivers over there um, outside of Garrett, I guess. Um, but then you got Master Teague. So you know he's going to become a physical. His, my man's name is Master, so you, that's all you need to hear. So from an offensive standpoint, like they're going to put up 40 a night. Uh, defensively, they're always solid. I think they did take a step back last year. I think they'll kind of get back to what they're used to seeing. So I got Ohio State, and I got it pretty easy. Um, I do want to spend a little time talking about kind of Michigan's and Penn State's. Uh, both teams had a disappointing year. Um, I think with Michigan, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, they kind of remind me of LSU and the fact that they can never get a quarterback. There was a time, there was a long period of time when LSU had everything but a quarterback. Obviously, that changed. They got Joe Burrow, and look at that championship immediately. Um, that's kind of how I look at Michigan because they have a stable of running backs. They have really good receivers. They just don't have anybody to get them the ball. I mean, Cade McNamara, maybe he's that guy, but I'd probably feel more confident if he was Jerry McNamara because I don't, I don't know about Cade. So. We'll see what happens there. He did have a couple games where he showed some promise last year, but then he had some a couple games where he looked like, well, what a Michigan QB looks like these days. So I'm I'm not sold on that. I'm not, uh, yeah, like you said, I'm not getting I'm not getting tricked by that. Uh, Penn State, I think, will be better. They had a really disappointing year last year. I don't think it's going to be enough to really challenge, hell, even Wisconsin, let alone um, Ohio State. Like I'm pretty sure they got Wisconsin week one. I think Wisconsin wins that. Um, really, the best challenger for Ohio State is probably Wisconsin, but Wisconsin just can't beat Ohio State. They don't have enough team speed, really. Like You can't just ground and pound Ohio State. That's not going to work. So I, I got Ohio State. I don't think it will be super interesting at the end of the day. Um, it, the most intrigue is going to be to see like how Harbaugh is able to see if he's able to get a win against Ohio State, which I don't see happening. If the if the seat gets hot, um, how Franklin's seat gets hot if, at Penn State if he has a disappointing season. So most of the intrigue is going to be about um, the stability of the coaching staffs at other organizations or other uh, schools. But it's not going to be about who wins the conference because that's going to be Ohio State easy. So let's go to what will be your favorite conference here in 2025, the SEC. Um, who you got winning this conference? Man, I mean, usually it, the quick answer would be uh, Alabama, but I don't know. Man. I mean, is this the year that Alabama finally takes that step back and somebody else claims this conference and, you know, gets, you know, all the SEC love besides Alabama? And I'm, I'm going to go with Georgia, I think. I, I think I've been waffling the last couple of days. I think I maybe picked Alabama before, but I ain't gonna go with Georgia. I think this is Georgia's year finally to win the SEC and get over that hump. You know, we kind of we give a lot of guys um, in sports, you know, shit that 
branch off from great coaches that don't really make it if they either, you know, were under like a Belichick or a Popovich or now like a Nick Saban. We tend to give those guys who leave them and don't succeed a lot of shit because they're like, ah, you can only make it under this coach, which um, maybe sometimes is true, but I don't think all the time is true. And uh, we've seen some coaches under Saban go on to do some things. Dabo Fisher's won a ship. Uh, the coach I'm talking about now, Kirby Smart's doing some good things at Georgia, and I think he's another guy who I think is a good coach that's left uh, Nick Saban's wing, and he's done a good job at Georgia so far. And Georgia's always been one of those schools that not really hard to recruit at. Um, not, I wouldn't say it's easy to win, but you can easily get players there. And it just seems like I, they just can never get over the hump of getting out of there either their own way or they just slip up or I don't know what it is. But it's it, to me, it's one of those programs that if you can get a good coach, it's not hard to win there. And they have a good coach. And as you're seeing in the result, it's not really hard to win there right now. They're rock and rolling. And I think that they, uh, they, I think they end up winning the SEC this year and maybe, you know, get a national championship. You know, they're that good. We've seen the last couple of years they've been in positions to do that. I don't think they had the players yet to compete with Alabama, but I think after Alabama losing so many players this year and Georgia, you know, still kind of not losing as many and being still good, I think maybe this could be the year that they, you know, come for the king. And as they say, come for the king, you best not miss. So they best not miss this year. Yeah, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I've been waffling back and forth on this. I've been trying to find my hot take, and I've been like, you know, Georgia's going to be my hot take. But I'm starting to get nervous, man. It's hard for me to do that, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. So with Alabama, we've talked about this before. They're losing a lot, and I don't think they're, that we're talking about it enough, how much they're losing, specifically offensively. So, like, you look at the, they're losing a first-round quarterback, a first-round running back, two first-round receivers, a first-round offensive lineman, an All-American center, like, that's a lot to lose. On defense, they lose a top-10 cornerback. Uh, they lose Christian Barmore, who I think was a second-round pick for, the, I believe, the Patriots. I might be wrong on that. Please don't fact-check it, but he was a second-round pick. So they're losing a lot. But when you look at Georgia, and part of my consternation with Georgia is that their best receiver towards ACL, he's not coming back. Eric Gilbert, which was a... Really big pickup in the transfer portal. Uh, he was coming home. He's a great tight end. He's going to be a like he's a sophomore this year, or I guess technically a freshman because of the COVID year. Um, he's going to be a high pick as a, as a tight end when he does come out, but he's not with the team right now. So you have your top receivers hurt. Um, another receiver that was supposed to be coming back this year, He's a year post-op, and he's, he's still having knee issues. Like He's, he's still just now building up his stamp, stamina. That kind of concerns me a little bit. So they are also replacing a lot on their defense. I think ultimately I trust Saban to develop the next uh, round of, of players more than I do trust Kirby Smart to develop the next round of players. So with all that said, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go back to to my my comfort zone, live in my little comfortable box, and just say Alabama wins this conference. I do think George is gonna be very good, but like I said, if they were healthy, if George Pickens is healthy, Eric Gilbert's with the team, I think that's enough for me to to jump ship and go with Georgia. Those two things aren't true, so I'm gonna stay safe and, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride with Alabama. All right, so. We've talked about your fake favorite conference, your current favorite conference, your your future favorite conference. 
let's talk about my favorite conference now, and let's talk some ACC. Again, I think this is a lot like the Big Ten. I think this is probably isn't that complicated, but you tell me who wins the ACC. Man, yeah. Florida State. No, I'm joking. Nah, it's Clemson. Come on, guys. Let's let's be real. It's Clemson. They're they're not losing. I mean, not least in this conference. Uh, we we seen what the QB can do. It's it's funny because we usually don't get to see what like the QB coming in can do. We like we usually know like all oh, this guy's highly recruited. We know their name, yada yada yada. But you rarely get to see him in action and like kind of know. Well, we got to see DJ play last year. We know what he could do. We saw him carve up Notre Dame at Notre Dame, who was highly ranked at the time. So. This is gives me even more confidence to know that they're not going to drop off. You know, like I said before, usually you don't, you haven't really got to see the guy play since probably high school, so you don't know what he can do against top talent. You know, in college football, but we've seen, like I said, we've seen that with DJ. So this is one of those weird times where I have, like I'm fine with being like, yeah, they're they're good, man. Like I know what their QB can do. I know what they do recruiting. I know the players they have and the type of players they get. So I'm perfectly fine with being like, yeah, they're winning this conference. They're probably going to be a national championship game. They're probably not going to lose a game, maybe one. So I got Clemson winning this and going even far as, you know, we'll probably get you down the line. But, yeah, it's Clemson easily in this conference. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be a hell of a week one game with Clemson and Georgia because that's right out the gate. I think that's going to be that's going to be where I'm tuned in because, like you said, I don't see – I don't see Clemson having any trouble in the ACC, so basically their undefeated season is kind of on the line week one because obviously they can lose to Georgia. Georgia's definitely talented enough to beat them, but I don't really see them slipping up in the ACC. Uh, it's interesting because we were just talking about Bama and all the stuff that they lose, and that creates some uncertainty. With, Like you were saying, with Clemson, we've seen all of the replacements, right? So we've seen Big Cinco go out there when Trevor Lawrence was, was – I think he was out with COVID, I believe, and, and – throw for 430 yards against Notre Dame which was a really good defense so like, I'm, I'm not concerned about that and you look they lost um, Amari Rogers they lost Cornell Powell at receiver but we've seen Justin Ross Justin Ross is one of the best receivers coming out until he got hurt so I, I'm comfortable there like I've seen him do that they lose Travis Etienne which obviously is a big loss but I've seen Lynn J Dixon play like I'm not concerned there I've seen him play so I, I I'm comfortable with Clemson I will say I want to make another note with Clemson. I don't know how I don't know who their team doctor is, but he needs he needs to be like he needs to go to the NFL because Amari Rogers tore his ACL and he was back on the field five months later. Justin Ross, who I mentioned earlier, was a great receiver. They were talking about him never playing football again, and apparently he looks he looks like he like he never got hurt. Um, their backup quarterback Taysen. I don't know what it is with them and their quarterbacks' last names. I can't pronounce any of their quarterbacks' last names. His first name is Taysen. Uh, he tore his Achilles in spring ball, and he's already back. So I don't know who the hell their team doctor is, but he needs a round of applause because he's getting these dudes back right. So I just want to throw that shout-out out. But, yeah, Clemson wins this conference easy. I do want to say UNC in a couple of years I think is going to be really that team. They're recruiting at a really high level. Sam Howell this year is going to keep them in every game. I just don't think they can play with Clemson. And then my last thing is I want to talk about Boston College because I think that's a sleeper team that's going to be really good. I can see them winning nine to ten games this year. Uh, they have a pro at quarterback. Uh, they always run the ball well because they always have a good offensive line play, which actually last year was kind of average, but they were also really young. 
from a receiver standpoint, Zay Flowers is a name that you need to know if you're a college football fan because he's a, he's a very good slot receiver. They returned Kobe White, who was the receiver that they uh, relied on, but he was hurt last year. Uh, Jalen Gill was a really high uh, recruit, transferred from Ohio State, and he was coming on at the end of last year. So that team is loaded on offense. They got a transfer from Florida State. Um, I think it's Woodby is his last name. That's a stud as well on the defensive side. I think he plays safety out here. Their linebackers are always good. So I think that's going to be a complete team. They lose to Clemson. I'm not, no, don't get too hyped up. They lose to Clemson. But that's a team that I can see rattling off 9 to 10 wins this year. I just wanted to throw that out there since there's no intrigue on who's actually going to win the conference. I just wanted to give a little ACC knowledge. Um, I didn't talk about Virginia Tech because I don't want to get sad. Uh, they could be decent, but they ain't winning the conference. So I'm just going to stop there because I ain't going to bash on my own team like that. So that's our rundown. So when we look at I want to kind of talk about our playoff prediction. Uh, obviously, it's teams that have a chance that aren't in a major conference. You have UCF is always good. Um, Cincinnati's returning a lot of players. And uh, Ritter had a really good last year, so he's going to try to build off that. And then obviously Notre Dame, because Notre Dame is who they are. Uh, do you think any of those teams are playoff contenders? Uh, if not, who do you got as your uh, four playoff teams? Uh, I think, you know, I was kind of just thinking about that when we were running down the conferences, you know, picking our champions from each conference. You know, maybe Notre Dame gets in there. You know, last couple years they've always been closer in the playoffs. But I'm... I feel like even when they are or even deserve to be in the playoff, they always just fit, get run out of the building eventually. Like, and I'm, I'm like, man, do we really want to see this again? Like, it, and they, they deserve to be there like most of the time, but it's like we know the end result. The end result is y'all getting run out of the building. Like, if it's not the semifinal game, then it's the national shit, like national championship game. Like, when they made the playoffs, like, I mean, maybe you can answer this for me later. Like, have they ever played a close game? Like. Whenever they play, like, big competition, I feel like it's always a blowout. So they did get to the national championship game one year against Alabama, but then they got blown out. But in order yeah, to get yeah. there, they had to win a game. So there's yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. But, so, yeah, maybe Notre Dame gets there close enough, but they're going to get there. They usually get voted in because they're Notre Dame, and they know they're going to sell a lot of tickets. Know the, you know, know the TV, TV game is going to be popping. But... I'm kind of tired of seeing them, so if they do get close, I say let's let's skip Notre Dame this year. Let's you know maybe make them wait another year to earn it because like like I said, every time they do get in, they get smashed. So I don't I don't need to see that again. I've seen this story, I've seen this movie multiple times. So yeah, no Notre Dame gets in maybe, but I think uh, if I'm gonna pick my final four, I think I'm gonna have I'm gonna go Clemson, I'm gonna go Alabama, I'm gonna go Georgia. And I'm going to go Oklahoma as my four getting into the, uh, the final four this year. I'm going to need you to rethink that because I, I, I think you missed something. Uh, you ain't got Ohio State in? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me take somebody out. My bad. Hold on. Let me take some. I forgot about the Ohio State who's going to run through the Big Ten and have zero loss. Do they play anybody hard in, the pre, like, uh, in their non-conference games, Ohio State? I think they have some decent games. Nothing I'm really worried about them losing, but they got some so, names, I believe. So probably undefeated then, right? 
for the most part then if we're thinking they're not going to have any hard non-conference games. All right, let me redo it then. Clemson, the Ohio State. I'm going to go with my SEC winner, Georgia. And then if I go that, that means Alabama's going to have one loss. If OU has one loss but wins the Big 12, are they going to favor OU or are they going to push them out because people are mad at OU leaving for SEC? Like, I don't know how these people are going to think in the long run if, like, these type of things happen. So, I, okay, I'm going to go with Alabama because I think people are going to be mad at OU. And I don't think OU's getting into the playoffs because of that. So, I'm going to go Alabama, Georgia, the Ohio State, and Clemson get in the Final Four with, Ohio, uh, with OU and Notre Dame on the outside looking in. Yeah, they damn sure ain't going to get no support from the Big 12. I know that much, so. Yeah, it, it better not be between them. They'd be like, oh, you like the SEC so much, we're going to put the SEC in this playoff. That's what we're going to do. Um, <laughs> so, for mine, I'm going to go with Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and I'll put Oklahoma because I'm just going to say I think Georgia is going to lose to Clemson week one. Then they lose to Alabama in the national championship game. Not national championship, but the SEC championship game. I know a lot of people feel like it's the national championship game, but it's just the SEC championship game. Um, That gives them two losses. I think Oklahoma probably only has one loss, and they're going to win their conference. So that's why Georgia's on the outside looking in. I'm going to go Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. All right, so I do want to do one more thing, but I don't think we have time. Um, this episode, but I want to put it in your head now. Um, I want to do like a Heisman draft type of thing. Maybe we'll both get uh five five players. We'll do it like a snake draft. So if I go one, then you got two and three. Um, to pick who we think is going to win the Heisman to see if one of our one of our uh, players wins the Heisman. So watch all the college football you can this weekend. Take a look. Take some notes. Maybe figure out who you want to put in your on your on your draft board. And then on air next week, we're going to do a draft for um, our Heisman hopefuls to see um, if one of our draftees is, is the actual Heisman. I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be a cool way to um, get some names out there that people may not be familiar with. And then also uh, we can hold ourselves to that and we can have some bragging rights as the season goes on. Um, so let's do that next week. This week, I just want to go ahead and bring it home because I'm super excited about our bring it home segment. Um, I think this is probably my favorite one that we've done so far. So with 2K coming out, I think sometime very soon. I think it's the third, maybe? I don't know. It's already on pre-order. It's coming out soon. So we've always seen like a lot of people uh, at and Ronnie 2K because of their rating. They feel like they should be higher. Uh, we've seen the same thing in the NFL with Madden, where there's just some controversy with the ratings. So that got me thinking, if you were in your prime and at your home gym, whatever home gym that is, what would be your 2K rating for that? Ooh, tough. Because I feel like at, there's almost like two primes. Like there's like your high school prime and then there's like your, uh, like your mid-20s prime. So like my high school prime, I kind of went to Bethel Gym because I was real bouncy and athletic. But like my mid-20s prime, like it felt like my athleticism went away and then my shot came. So I'm <laughs> like, I don't know which like part I want to pick. But I'm gonna go with the older one because I like jump. I like when I have my jump shot. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a rating of like 84, and I'm gonna go with the Fairview Gym in Anchorage. You know, you know. But uh, I love Fairview Gym. Always wet there. I could leave, come back. Jump shots wet. 
Um, 84, I'm going to give myself in the prime because I don't want to go, you know, can't go 90s. That's just too good. I feel like that's upper echelon level once you're in that 90 range, 90 and above range because, I mean, oh, even KD is what, like 96, something like that. So, I mean, if you're 90, you're only six away from KD, you better be goddamn good. So, uh, no, I'm not going there. I'm going to go 84 because the jump shot was right uh, at the time, you know, still athletic enough to do some things, not bouncy anymore. I mean, really wasn't ever that bouncy, but all the bounce was gone at that point. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go 84 and then Fairview Gym. I like my nice little 84 rating. You know, I'm getting things done at that uh, at that number. It's not in the 70s, but you know, it's not it's not crazy high either. So I'm gonna go with 84. I like that. Man, you you stole it from me. That's the number I was gonna go with. So for me, my my gym's at the SRC. Uh, I didn't have two primes in high school. I was. I was more athletic, but I couldn't shoot. So my prime was definitely after high school. I got a lot better after high school, and I think that's just a testament to playing at this gym and playing with a lot of better players. Um, but when I look at it, like like you said, the top-rated uh, players in 2K right now are like a 96. That ain't me. I wasn't the best player in my gym. I, I know who was the best players in my gym, so we'll reserve that for those people. They know who they are. They're probably listening like, oh, you better not say you up there with me. I'm not. I, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. So, um, I think 84 is good for me because, you know, my, my, my jumper started coming along a little bit. I've always been quick, uh, court vision, play good defense. So I'm not in the nineties cause there's definitely players, um, better than me at, at our gym, but same time, you know, people would be hitting me up, making sure like, Hey, when you coming down, I, I got, I got a spot. So like, I wasn't no slouch either. People was out here holding next for me. So, you know, I could play a little bit. So. In my own gym, I think 84 is solid, somewhere somewhere around that range. Like, I was respected, you know, I was, the people wanted me on their team, but they could win games without me. They ain't need me. So that's that's kind of where I'm at there. So I picked Prime because if you said right now, I'm probably like a 71, trying to hold on to that 70 stage. <laughs> they probably got my creative player with the double knee braces and whatnot <laughs> out here looking like Patrick Ewan. <laughs> so I wanted to prime because that feels more fun for me. I can relive that a little bit. But we're going to post this uh, poll question on social media. So I, w- I want you guys to chime in. Tell me what tell me what your rating is. But I do need y'all to add somebody that was at your gym so that we can verify it so we can get a cosign. Obviously, if you play with me or you play with Nick, we'll do that cosign. But if you play at some other gym and we ain't seen it, and you talking about you were 93, I'm going to need you to add a witness that's, that's going to back that up. Because otherwise, you are unverified. You ain't getting no check mark for that. So um, we'll post it on Instagram. We'll post it on Twitter. Uh, I think it's a real fun topic. So make sure you interact with us, and we'll have a lot of fun with that. Uh, that's the time we have for this show. I do appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, like I said, next week will be a fun show as well because there's a lot going on in sports. Um, we'll have that uh, Heisman vote here on the air. So until next week, you guys enjoy a lot of college football because there's going to be a lot of games starting Thursday. Um, enjoy that, and we'll holler at you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Media Timeout Podcast. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MTO Sports and visit our website, MediaTimeoutSports.com, for more content.